Right, today I'm going to talk a little bit about um, the importance of faith. The importance of faith. We need to realize that it's important to believe the good news and that belief in the good news has got an effect in your life. And I've been through the last three or four Sundays, I've been talking about um, uh, basically the, what we've been saved unto. We've been saved from something and we are saved unto something. We've been saved from being saved by the law and we are saved unto receiving the righteousness of God as a free gift and by faith we have this righteousness of God. In other words, what Christ has done manifest in our lives so that we in, a life, in life today, normal life, when, when you go through normal things in this life, that you can have peace, joy, uh, a smile on your face, that you can have uh, patience and all those kind of things, the very attributes of God, doesn't matter what happens. So um, it's not a behavior modification message anymore. It's not when you go through a hard time, God's trying to purify you through the hard time. It's not, um, you know, when you go into a hard thing, God, what do you want to teach me? That situation can never give birth to who you really are. Only by faith in Jesus can God give birth to the man that, he, that Jesus is in your life. And that's what we want. Uh, when we live in this world, it's unfair, it's not just that we would fear. It's not just, it, it doesn't belong to us. It's unrechtvaardig that ons in vrees sal lewe. If somebody that God paid for him, God is his representative, God gave him holiness, God gave him righteousness, God is the one that provides for him all the time, God is his father, he is in the kingdom of God, who and what is fear to come and dictate to you and bring situations to tell you that what God has done is not true. No, we cannot live by that. We live by a different reference. We live by the reference of God. And I want to say this. Faith is the only thing known to man. Faith and belief is the only thing known to man that makes something that's unseen alive in you. If you don't see something, the only way that unseen thing that you don't experience can have ex an experience, the only way you can experience that is by you believing it. There's no other way for you to experience it. You cannot see God. The Bible says God is the unseen God. Okay? Jesus, in physical form, is in heaven today. We will see Him one day. But we don't see Him, any, we don't see him now. We see His manifestation in the lives of people. But Himself, you don't see Him. So the only way for Jesus to have an effect in your life is through faith. Now I'm going to talk about how you get faith. So faith is not this difficult thing to get. It's an actually very easy thing. But we must realize the importance of it. And when we can realize the importance of it and how it works, then naturally we will protect our belief. Because we will know what this produces. If what you believe produces the life that's in you, 
and you can and you persuaded of that that you are not it's not your situation dictating to you nothing like that the life you have today is a fruit of your belief how you feel about um, say you get a bad report what you feel there what you experience the life you experience inside your innermost being is a result of what you believe it's a result of what you believe your emotion about certain things in this life. If the election comes up now, and we hear this guy says this, and that guy says that, and, and you, you know that thing, you know when a politician lies, is when his lips move. <laughs> That's when he lies. So, I mean, our election, and, and you hear this guy sings this, and, and Zuma th sings Skit de Boer, and non, Steve Hofmeyer makes a song, Skit the Black, you know, and you get all this, <laughs> my goodness. So you hear all these things, the emotion that's in your heart when you see all these things is born out of what you believe. So for you to have joy there or peace or whatever will be 100% connected to what you believe. What you are persuaded of. Now I want to go further. Your belief is determined by your faith. Your belief is determined by your faith. And it's impossible for an unseen thing to find its life in you. If I come today, and let me give you a good, uh, a good example. If I tell you, you wanted to uh, watch the rugby, but you couldn't watch the rugby. So, you shouting for the Stormers, and they're playing whoever. And now, I mean, you cannot have joy, the emotion of joy, about what's happening there. Although it is happening, although the match is playing, although it's there, without you knowing what's going on there, you cannot have joy. If your friend phones you and tells you, I want to tell you the stormers are leading, then when you believe that, even if you don't see it, what is real can only manifest its effect in you when you believe it. The only way for you to believe it is if somebody tells you what has happened. So that game can only find its life in you when you believe what's going on there. If you don't believe it, no joy, no effect. So for them, they've got the stadium, they've got the players, they've spent the millions to do it, the billions to build the stadiums, only for one reason, and that is to affect the supporter. If there's no supporter for rugby, there will be no rugby matches. It will die because there's nobody supporting it. They're, the purpose they do it is so they can affect you. The only way for, and they can give birth, now listen to this, they can give birth to who they are in you if you can believe on them. What you wear, are you going to wear a blue jersey or a blue and white jersey when you go to the stadium? And even what you wear will be determined by what you believe about the team. So they've got their life in you by you believing in them. And that's how a human being functions. That's how God made us. That's how the God kind functions. We've got this ability that no animal has got, that, that I, I don't even think the angels in heaven. What we, the ability we have, given by God, is to have something unseen finds its stature in us by we being persuaded of it. If you are persuaded of the wrong thing, then the wrong thing will live in you. 
If you are persuaded that God is angry, God looks at your works, and if you do something wrong, He's upset, then that belief, which does not even exist, it's something that's in the unseen, it doesn't exist, will give birth to condemnation in your life. It will give birth to fear in your life. You'll become anxious. You know? Let me tell you, it's unrighteous, it's unjust for a Christian believing in the good news of Jesus to have a panic attack. It doesn't belong there. I don't say you cannot have it, but I want to just tell you, God's not bringing it over you. God's not trying to, it's not you that are in the wrong or whatever, it is the situation around you trying to dictate to you and you are taking its word into account, believing the lie. Then the lie gives, it, it says it's just a bit loud. Then the, then the lie, what will happen is the lie will find its life in you. And then that lie will say what's manifesting in you is you. In other words, you're a stressful person. Or let's take depression for instance. We look at certain situations and we become depressed. As we become depressed, that, that thing which is not true finds its life in us. And because it's so close to us, it's in us. Then we think that is us. And that's even now a greater lie on top of the lie destroying your life. That is not who you are. That is a lie finding its life in you. When you look at, your, uh, at, at uh, a financial situation, I spoke to somebody before the service now, you know, and uh, um, di a difficult situation. When you look at that situation, and it looks as if, man, how am I going to pay my stuff? I can lose my job, this, that, whatever. Th that, when fear comes into your life, when you look at that, then the devil wants to tell you, the situation wants to tell you, you are now fearing, and now God's upset with you. All that happened is you looked at what, what was said. The unseen, which you don't see, is you're not going to have. And now you believe in that, and that manifests that fear or that anxiety in your heart. But when we focus on what He's done, the unseen God can live in the seen world in us by simply being persuaded of the truth. The basic things that we are persuaded of, number one, we are innocent forever. That's one of the greatest things. We are innocent forever and nothing can take away our innocence. Not even you. Nothing can take away your innocence. Because the Lamb of God took away the sin of the whole world. The whole world. So that's one of the greatest things that we, we must be persuaded of, that we must believe. When we are persuaded of that, we will find that that innocence gives birth to a joyful life in this world. That, that belief will determine what you listen to. That belief will determine what you do. So God is not trying to change your behavior. He just wants to alter your belief. If He can alter your belief, your life has changed. Amen. Right. So, um, in John chapter... 6 verse 28 the Bible says let's let's go there and read it John 6 28 I want to tell you that God 
will always care for you, for you've qualified in the Lamb. You have qualified. You have fully qualified. You've qualified for healing. You've qualified for provision. You've qualified for everything, not by anything you've done, but by your value. Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns. Yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. What does that mean? That, and then he goes on, he says, are you not worth more than they? So, for God to care for the birds, the birds had to have a worth. So God gives to the birds, and they are of little worth. We are of much more worth. How much more will He not care for us? Without even sowing or reaping. Just Him caring for us. And I want to just say, you know, when I came to, um, I testified to somebody just before the service here, <clears throat> when I came to Malmesbury, I was involved in church planting in Douglas and uh, in church there and everything. We did evangelism, the whole thing. And um, when I moved from there, the only thing that my ministry did when I came here, this is a new place, new everything, I was on a TV channel. That was all I did. I preached, I made my session for the TV channel and then whatever people ordered or whatever, I would make, we would make the CDs and send it to them. And it was a quiet time when I just came to Malmesbury. Then the guy on the TV channel kicked me off. Okay? So then I had basically nothing to do. Because everything is starting from scratch. And the belief was, you cannot live now because you're not doing something. You should actually be working very hard now so that God can provide for you. And that's just a lie. It's a lie. God cares for me on the basis of my worth. And I do things because of the life of God and the passion of God that's in my heart for people. That's it. And somebody invited me. I went and preached in Durban. When I was there, somebody phoned me. He said, Bert, I see you, you're off television for a month or two now. I said, yes. He says, I know church politics. I don't even want to know why. Do you want to be on another channel? I said, yes. And where I was normally paying my airtime, this guy's now paying my airtime. And I've been broadcasting there now for three years, almost three years. And he's still paying. Isn't that awesome? He bought airtime for himself now on the same channel. But he didn't take my airtime away. He says, I'm still paying. We, we need more grace preachers on this channel. So the lie would be, I look at the situation, I believe what it says, and then it gives birth to a new kind of a life. Now, um, what did I say was the verse? John 6, 28. Let's just read there. I want to tell you, God will always care for you. God will always provide for you. Doesn't matter what. The greatest things is already provided. Righteousness is a free gift. Amen. Right, John 6, verse 38. Oh, sorry now. 28. Let's read from verse 27. Jesus spoke, He said, Labor not for the meat which perish, but for the meat which endures unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For Him has God the Father sealed. Then said they unto Him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Now that was, a, an, a, that was a, that's an old English way 
uh, of saying, also in the Greek, it was a way of saying, what must we do to do what God wants us to do? Okay. Then he says, and Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God. This is what we need to do. That you believe, that word believe means to rest your mind, on Him which has sent you. This is also, my own words, the bread that will lead unto eternal life. Believing, resting your mind in Jesus is all that God wants us to do. It's the only thing. From there, your life is born. The Bible clearly states in um, Proverbs 4, it says there, protect your heart above everything, for out of your heart flows the force that drives your life. Then it says in Romans 10 verse 9 and 10, with the heart we believe unto righteousness, which will lead unto eternal life. Which means the following, with the heart, the belief system, out of our belief system is the pathway that will lead our life to eternal life where we will experience the kingdom of God in this life. It's through belief, through persuasion. Amen. Right. Now, how do we get persuasion? How do we, uh, you might sit here today and say, oh God, you know, I don't know if I'm going to have enough faith. I don't know if my faith is great enough. I don't know. Uh, how am I going to get faith? I've tried to believe. Faith is not trying to concentrate hard. Let me say it again. Faith is not trying to concentrate very hard on something. That's not faith. That's concentration. <laughs> faith is a, the word. The word faith means to be persuaded. To be persuaded. Now think of the word persuasion. It's, it's like somebody something goes in a certain direction and then it sways. You know? If you go, if you're in an aeroplane, you get these side winds you can, and they're coming to land, you can feel that thing is swaying like this. You know, it's, it's like a force pushing you. When, you've, when you have faith in Jesus, it's when you are persuaded of what He's done. Now, it's impossible to become persuaded of something unless you get the correct information of that thing. If you're a rep and you sell stuff, for the person to buy the thing, he needs to be persuaded of the product the way you persuade him of the product is you demonstrate the product when you demonstrate the product then the guy gets persuaded that persuasion gives birth to the kind of life you want in him which is to buy the product it doesn't help you go to the guy and you teach him how to buy teaching him how to buy will not make that he will buy your product he can go and buy something else what you need to teach him is what product you have and the buyer inside him will manifest. In the very same way, when, when it comes to faith, when we get the correct information about our innocence, about who Jesus is, then who we are in Christ manifests. And we enjoy the benefits of that life, in this life. Happy, joyful, provided for, cared for. If we don't have, we're happy. If we have, we're happy. Because God, because of our persuasion about the truth. Now, the Bible says faith or persuasion comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, um, if something comes, if, if I would say, um, 
this is maybe this is not a good example, but food comes by these food stores, okay, or the by farming, okay. You get farming. Our food comes from those farms. Does that mean you must go and farm? No, no. It means you make use of what is produced. So faith is not something you try to produce. Faith is something that is produced by the Word of God. That's why many people don't have faith, because the Word of God is not preached to them. A works mentality, judgment and condemnation is preached. They might be heavily persuaded of that, but they've got no faith. That's what Paul said. He said, since the day I heard of your faith, I'm praying for you, that your faith might be perfected. In other words, what he was saying is, they heard something, they believed something, but there were some things in there which they believed which was not right. Which could not produce the life that God wants for them. Maybe they just believed, like, like these people in the Old Testament, uh, or the early church, they believed, you know, Jesus is the Savior of only the Jews. Now, how will that message produce uh, evangelism in the heart of a Jew towards the Gentile? It cannot. It is impossible. For he is not believing the correct thing. He will not preach to the Gentile. He will only preach to the Jew. And God came and He defined a new kind of a person. He said, Jesus came to His own, but His own received Him not. But who, who are the children of God? But as many as believed on Him, to them gave He the right to be called the sons of God. So we can now, as we believe, as we are persuaded of this good news, say that this life that's born in me finds origin in God. So what do we do? We listen to the Word. What is the Word? The Word is much more than just the Bible. Don't think that just the Bible is the Word of God. No. <laughs> the Word of God is the correct interpretation of this Bible in Jesus Christ. Paul comes and he prays in Ephesians. He says, I pray, listen to this, I pray that you might abound, I use my own words, that you might abound in the knowledge and the wisdom of Jesus Christ. So, the prayer is, I want you to know and have a great understanding of the effect of Jesus on the law system, the effect of Jesus on the human race, the effect of Jesus on your life 2,000 years ago, and that you might be wise in that. The word wisdom means the ability to take something, to, to uh, knowledge, knowledge is this, knowledge is to have to know about something. Wisdom is how to use that thing. I've got knowledge. Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God. Okay? Now I'm sitting at home and I'm stressing my children is ill, whatever. So what is wisdom? Wisdom is to, make, to know how to make use of this truth in this life. You come in a situation where you feel condemnation coming your way. What is wisdom? Wisdom in the knowledge of God means I've got knowledge of Christ and I'm going to use what Christ has done for me, declaring me innocent forevermore, declaring me holy with His holiness, declaring that I am not what I do, but I am what He's done, is making use of that in that situation. That's wisdom. Wisdom is not to go and try and change your life now to feel better about yourself. That's foolishness. Wisdom is to make use of Christ. 
So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. Let's go and read that quickly in Romans. Romans 10. Verse 8, it says, But what says it? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you shall believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with a heart man believes unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believed on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How shall they call on the name in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Isn't that awesome? How can you believe the good news if you don't have a preacher? How can you believe the good news if the preacher doesn't put the Word of God in his mouth? Listen, you can have the Word and you can have a preacher preaching to you and you will have faith. If you have a preacher without the Word but the message of condemnation and judgment, you shall not have faith. But you shall be very strong in unbelief. And that will produce a life in you which is not from God. Amen. The other day somebody phoned me. They said, uh, she said to me her mom, her mom must, is in the deep 80s, and she got um, lung infection. I don't know what that is in English. It's, yeah, it's, that's it. Now, when you're so old and you're weak, and she had, a, a, she had cancer before, lung cancer before, okay? So now when you're so old and you get that, man, the chance of dying... Yeah, so, and now she's in intensive care. Okay? So this lady phones. She's in Italy. I pray for her mom. Her mom is in Berdasdor. I pray. I just agree with her over the phone. But what do we do? We make use of what Christ has done. We say the curse of the law, which is all the sickness and disease and whatever. Jesus became that curse. I'm not going to try and get her healed so that I can feel righteous before God. Even if she would die, I would be forever righteous and she would be. Okay. That we, we, we don't try to determine righteousness now. We're not even believing for healing. We are just making use of the truth. Why live in the lie? <laughs> and I prayed over the phone. She was released the next day. Healed. That's awesome. It's a miracle. They didn't have money anymore even for the... She, she, she let us know two days later. She's been released. She's healed. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. And that is exactly uh, just a practical example of this. I didn't go and say, oh, I'm going to try and heal this person. No, no, no. Jesus has already brought the healing. Okay? We're not trying to get Jesus to heal anybody. He has brought healing. As like I said with my son, when he was, had this fever, I didn't try to think, how am I going to get God to heal him? I knew 
that healing has already taken place 2,000 years ago. The power that will manifest the healing will flow from my heart. It will flow from my heart. The force that drives our life will flow from our persuasion. And what did I do that night? I just stood there. I took Psalm 91 like this. I think I even used the same Bible. Psalm 91, I read it. I took the Bible like that. I put it on his chest. Thank you, Jesus. I said, you close your eyes, my boy. You see a bright light. This light is the love of God. It is the righteousness of God. It's his healing power. And see how this light enters your body. You know? And see how all darkness and sickness leaves you and this fever leaves you. Hallelujah. He was healed. But I was afraid in the beginning. Because there was a message. Just before that, we went on holiday and there was um, with friends. And there, they know people also from Bredasdorp. And this, this boy is 14 years of age. He got, I uh, did brain fleece on stick and And then he got meningitis. He got that and died. So now my son is 15. Now you think of the same symptoms, you think of everything. What happens? I don't try to fear. I didn't have five steps in fear. The word that I heard found its life in me when I believed it. I believed that message. When I believed that message, I found that that was finding its life of fear in me. Now, how did that come? That just came by hearing. I was just hearing that. And we were talking about and how bad it is and how that all the time. And as I was doing that, I found that this was giving birth to me. So when I found that fear, I was not saying, well, I'm a fearful person, because I'm not. All I'm saying is, fear is trying to find its life in me. And we were just, all I did was, took the scripture, read about the love of God. Read about how he cares for me and whatever. And as I tried, as I never tried to fear, but fear came in me, so I didn't even try to have faith. I found faith was born in me. And when that persuasion came to my heart of what God has done, then my words changed. Listen, when, you cannot try and confess right to get yourself healed. <laughs> Don't do that. You cannot try and confess right to get a job. What we do, our confession is determined by our belief. The Bible says what the heart is full of flows out of the mouth. It doesn't say what the mouth is full of, the heart gets full of. No, no. It starts with the heart. Your, your life flows from your heart. So we don't go trying to find, confess good. Well, God's going to bless our house. Well, God's going to heal me. Well, in meantime, fearing. No, no. What you do, you take the unconditional love of God. God gives faith. God gives a persuasion in your heart. Then you listen to that persuasion until your mind goes to rest. Until your mind doesn't have any if or but anymore and that's when you believe that's called belief now it's not difficult you know I'm, I'm explaining the dynamics of this like I said yesterday you don't know how you don't have to be a mechanic to start the car you can be somebody that knows nothing about a car you just need to turn a key in these new cars you just push a button okay it's funny you know the old cars they had the push button you know, the old ones. Then the fancy cars, they had the keys. 
And if you had one with a key, you were the anointed of God. <laughs> now, if you've got the one with a push button, you're the anointed of God. You see, that's why we cannot be defined by these stupid earthly things, man. It's fashion and whatever. So, you don't have to know, you don't have to be a mechanic, you don't have to be an engineer to start a car. In the same way, you don't have to understand all the dynamics of these things for it to work in your life. It's already working. We're just explaining this. And I'm preaching this to give you hope. So that when you hear the Word of God and you've read the Bible one verse once and you found, man, I'm still maybe fearing a bit, I'm explaining to you how you work inside. Listen to it again. Listen to it again until you find I'm getting persuaded. And then let that persuasion grow to the place where your mind rests. Where your mind rests. You know, if I, if I, if I look at, at um, I said it, I think I said it last time. If I must still stress about my money, then I'm a fool. Because God's provided for me since 1996. I'm not even talking about the cross now. I'm just talking about, the, this is, I'm using the weak way of thinking. He's provided for me since 1996. All the time. So even logically, how can I con continue in fear? No, I can't. Now, if I bring in Jesus, and I think of what He's done. Now, if I think of that way, I can think, okay, but... Uh, the economy can change and there's been people that's been provided for for many years, they had jobs for 20 years and they lost it, then my mind will go into a stress again. That means I'm still not believing, I'm getting persuaded. But when I hear what, the, what, what happened on the cross and that word produces that faith in me to the point that I say, okay, I see there were people that for 20 years they didn't have a job. I'm reminded of the time when I was kicked off the television station and this and this happened and I got another one. So even if you lose, God also provides. Plus, I look at the cross and the stability of my worth in Jesus. As I get all these reasonings together, I find, find that I'm getting fully persuaded and my mind goes to rest. There's no more if but nothing. There's absolute peace and I'm at rest. And from that point we find that God lives His life in us. And I want to tell you, that's not something you do to get God to do something for you. That is just simply not living in the lie. Simply not living in the lie. That is the truth. We're not, you know, so many times we think, well, Bertie, look at all the things I must, all the hoops I must jump through to get God to do something for me. No, no. Jesus jumped through all the hoops. Amen. Amen. And now, this faith that we have, we've got a persuasion that we are preaching. It's the persuasion of we have been perfected by Jesus. And when we, I mean, what is our work now? The Bible calls, calls about the, 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 the work of faith and the labor of love. The work of faith is being persuaded of this. Being persuaded of this. And when we are persuaded of this, we find the life of God manifesting in our lives. I want to read two more verses. Let's quickly go to Romans 3, verse 20. Romans 3, verse 20. Hallelujah. Then we're going to have communion. You're laboring for the bread <laughs> that satisfies. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to just say this. You know, when I was in, in, the, in the law works mentality um, in my life, I tried so much to believe something so that God can do something for me. The word believe and the word for doesn't go together. I've said it so many times. I want to say it again. Every time I hear it, it, it blesses me. We, you cannot believe for healing. You cannot believe for a financial breakthrough. The word belief is not directed towards what you can get. It's directed towards the person of God. It's very easy. It's very, very easy to believe. If you, even if you look at the politicians, what do they do when they're campaigning? They go where they've never gone before. They go to the shacks, isn't it? They go and sit there. Ya mama. Ons sien jy saffer hier so, joh. Ons beloofe. Maar hulle lieg. Ons beloofe. Ok, they go where they've never gone before. They don't even know where those places are. People have to show them. They go there. Why do they do that? It's not about the promise they make. All they want to do is, they want to show themselves, because belief is not towards what somebody will do, but towards a person. So they come and they show, look, I'm a good guy. I'm sitting here with you. So they can believe in the person. Faith, and once you believe in the person, you know, your mind's addressed to whatever he's promised. If somebody comes to you that's been stealing from a company, you know, my, my one friend, he says, the way they get people at their company, they've got this um, lie detecting machine. Okay, so if you come in, you apply for a job, they put that machine on you. And they ask you, have you ever stolen from your previous boss? And they ask you some questions. And then based on that, you're either going to get the job or not. If that machine says, you've been stealing all the time, you cannot lie. <laughs> what you say is, so, so that's, and that helps, I'm sure that helps. So, he, I mean, here, why, why do they have that? Because this person, they cannot believe in somebody. They, they have to believe in somebody. So they look at what he's done, and what he's done determines to them who he is, and then they can only have peace in their relationship with that guy when, uh, when they can believe in him as a person. That, when that machine says he's lying, he's lying, he's lying, they don't ask him, promise never to do it again. Because whatever he promises there means nothing outside of belief in the person. So, the gospel, even what Jesus has done, is directed and reveals who God is. And our belief is towards the person, the kind of God we are in relationship with. The kind of God we are intimate with. So when I come in a time of sickness or disease or even when it goes well, whatever, my belief is towards the person of God. So when you read the Bible, let the loving person of God be revealed to you. Because out of that you'll find your belief, your mind will go to rest. Now there's certain things that, that wherein God revealed Himself. He revealed who He was by giving His Son. He revealed who He was by delivering you, delivering you from the law. 
He, del- he reveals who He is by, by telling you, I'll give you immortality. He reveals who He is by never judging you by your works. That gives you the idea of what kind of a God we serve. And our belief is not for Him to do anything for us. Our belief is in Him as a person. Amen. Now, let's read this verse. Three, um, three verse, Romans 3, verse 20. Now what? Verse 21, sorry. But now, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ, or by the faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there's no difference. So what does he say? He says, this righteousness of God, which was by the faith of Jesus, is unto all. So this message is true about every person. Every person stands innocent. innocent. Every person, has, his sin has been paid for. Every person, it's true about every person. It's unto all, but upon them that believe. So, it's true, Jesus Christ did bring innocence for the whole world. But who lives with the emotion of innocence? The one who believes it. Amen. The one who believes it. So, I want to say to you, it's so important to go, let, let's guard our hearts that we can continue to believe the good news by hearing the message of faith. I end off with this verse, Romans 4, verse 5. Let's read from verse 4. Now to him that works is the reward not reckoned of grace but of debt. But to him that works not, but believes on him. You see again here, belief is directed towards a person. But believes on him that justifies the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. So, what do we need to believe? We need to believe in a person, in God, that justifies the ungodly. We cannot believe in a God that justifies the godly. We believe in the God that justifies the ungodly. The moment you believe that, that faith is reckoned as righteousness. What that means is, um, and I started off with this verse, I'm ending off by explaining this. In the beginning I said, the first, first one that I read there in John 6 verse 28, what shall we do to work the works of God? What work must we do? So that if we look at my works, that I can say, this guy has done a good work. This is a righteous work. Then he says, believe on him whom he has sent. Okay. Now at the end here, what should we believe? Believe on him that justifies the ungodly. So the moment you say, I believe in a God that blesses the sinner. I believe in a God that blesses the disobedient. I believe in a God that, 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 that comes to those that didn't even want to believe in Him, and He wanted to be good to them. When you believe in a God that justifies the ungodly, then God says, now you've done a good thing. Now you've done a good thing. But you know, we live in a world where, um, you know, maybe you've smoked, now you've got cancer. Or your husband smoked, or your wife smoked, now you've got cancer. Okay, that is true in this world, I, I agree. I agree 100%. But, 
we believe in the God that justifies the ungodly. Like one day a guy came to me and said to me, Bertie, but you're wrong here. How can, you know, and, and, and I had this argument with this preacher. So he said to me, Bertie, but you are wrong. Now, obviously, I didn't think I was wrong. <laughs> but I, I answered this way. I said, okay, I'm wrong. But you want to judge me because I'm wrong. But I believe in the God that justifies the ungodly. So yes, I'm wrong, but I'll be blessed by God. So I believe in the God that justifies the ungodly. His person is to bless those that don't qualify by their works. And that's the God we believe in. Amen. That's, where, that's why we've got that table there today. Because He blessed people that don't qualify. He blessed people that couldn't be good enough. And we are partaking of that victory of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, I want to thank you <clears throat> that your body has been broken for us. I want to thank you that you came as the lamb slain. And when your body was broken, the embodiment of the system which found us guilty, which made us sinners, was broken in pieces. You became that body of law and broke it to pieces and then it died. Your blood flowed. The life, your life flowed for us. The, the, the life of the law man is, flowed, is gone forever. And you are raised by the glory of the Father. You are raised by the Holy Spirit. And we are raised not by the life we live, by our blood. We are not raised by the body of the Lord defining us. We are raised into newness of life by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for that, my God. Thank you for the honor that I have to preach to these wonderful, precious people seated here today, that came out here today. I feel so honored to speak in this way to your body that is valuable to you. Thank you, Father, for the privilege I have to preach this message all over the world through the internet and, 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 and all that. Thank you for that, my God. Thank you for the honor we have to know you as a God that justifies the ungodly. A God that doesn't see our mistakes. A God that loves us. A God that finds, that defines us by who He is. The way we define our children, by who we are. Thank you, Father, and you are much greater than that in love. Thank you, Lord, that your love was not defined in you just saying with physical words, I love you. But your love was defined herein that you gave a sacrifice for sin. And removed us from being defined by our works. Lord, we stand in the innocence of the Lamb. We stand in the perfection of Jesus. And that is the only worthy way wherein we can partake of this table. Lord, we don't come in an unworthy way saying, Oh my God, I'm first going to leave this sin and first leave that sin. That's unworthy. That is coming with the worth of our works. But we come with the worth of the Lamb. And we make use. And as your word says, many of you have not defined the body. Therefore you are sick and weak and many has died. But Lord, thank you that we can, we can define, we can see, we can understand, we can discern your body and what it means. And walk in that innocence. And that releases us from stress, which causes so much disease and sickness and turmoil in this world. That releases us from being overburdened with the things of this world that gives us absolute joy in our lives, 
thank you for the fruit of the Spirit and that we can have that life of victory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.